Worst memories in Ohio State football? Pull up a Chase Lounge as we get therapeutic on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode six, I think. Is that right, Davis? Six? That'd be correct. All right. Episode six. (laughs) (laughs) I was taking a drink. I was expecting you to ask me a question in your intro. Well, I mean, (laughs) at least you answered it. You almost choked on it like he was trying to survive a crash of the Titanic. All right. Oh, man. What a way to start the show. All right, listen. So on today's episode, you know, we're going to kind of continue on with the theme we've been having, just trying to have a little fun before the season starts, which, by the way, we're 16 days away from Buckeye football, thank God. But we just kind of want to continue on with the theme we had. As we were talking about what to do with the show, we started thinking, you know what? What were the top five worst moments that you've had as an Ohio State fan? And we thought that'd be a really great topic to talk about. And uh, we're going to do the same kind of format. Uh, we're going to start with five and go to one and tell you what moments make me cringe. You know, just as much as we like talking about the good things, I think we just as much, if not more, like to vent about the bad things. In a way, it's good to vent about them because it's therapeutic. And I'm basically going to use this whole episode as therapy to try to get over, or at least come to terms with some of these things in the past that have bothered me or things that I'm not going to be able to get over because... And let's face it, the good is not as good without the bad. So the bad things, even though we we do we don't like them, we hate them. You know, they're hard to get over. It makes when things go really well that much sweeter. I mean, the, just still going back and winning that national title after beating Alabama and Oregon in back to back games. You know, and especially that game uh, in the Big Ten, going fifty nine nothing against Wisconsin. All of that was so much more special having lost that earlier game to Virginia Tech that year and in previous years, the negative things that's happened to us, you know, in national title games and uh, throughout the season. So even though this is kind of like, you know, a negative thing we're talking about reality, it's more of a, you know, venting process, but a positive thing because it kind of makes everything that happens good for Ohio State that much sweeter. Okay, well, let's get into the list. Well, you know where I'm coming from. I know where you're coming from. You just took it to the extreme. I was like, Listen, oh, man, I'm in, I'm in my feels on this episode, okay? <laughs> like, like we're talking about some things that are stirring up some bad memories, man. I'm in my feels. You got to let me express myself. It's true. All right. Well, let's get into it, man. Give me your number five. Okay, number five. Uh, this one's not particularly actually a moment, but it was a season, so to speak. And it would be the 2012 Ohio State season. And for those of you who don't remember, uh, we went 12-0 and that year. And that was Urban Meyer's first coaching year. And we had Braxton Miller at the quarterback. And you're probably thinking, so why is that, you know, in your worst memories? Well, it's because for some ungodly reason, whether it was Gene Smith or the athletic department or the coach at the time, who knows what the reason was, but we decided to go ahead and take our bowl ban, which was handed down from Tattoo Gate and Terrell Pryor um, a couple of seasons before. We had an option to take our bowl ban, self-imposed, but take our bowl ban not in the 2011 when Luke Fickle was the head coach and we went six and five in the regular season losing to Michigan and then go ahead and lose to Florida in the Gator Bowl to finish that season at six and six and then take our bowl ban the following year when we go 12 and 0 and had a crack at the national title 
So that for me is number five. Yeah, I totally agree, man. That was such a during that time, everything was so up in the air. We had the tattoo gate thing like, you know, I can remember just a year before, you know, we didn't know exactly what the sanctions were going to be. We needed a new coach. We had a, you know what I mean? We didn't even know who the coach was going to be. You got lingering sanctions. You got, you know, uncertainty in the program and the recruiting. Uh, we lost to Michigan. All that stuff, man. Just that was just a recipe for disaster. A really bad time in Ohio State football history, no doubt. Well, let me give you my five. Go ahead. I'm ready. All right. So my number five would be the 2008 Fiesta Bowl versus Texas. Okay. So Ooh, in this game, that's an interesting one. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, that wasn't is. even that, that wasn't even on my radar. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So during that game, uh, Texas was favored by ten points, and I can remember it because my sister had a new boyfriend that came over to the house and he was a Texas fan and we watched the game together and I'd never met him. I didn't know anything about him. But during the game, this guy was talking shit the whole time. Hold on. I got okay. a question. I got a question. What the hell is that guy doing in Columbus? That's a good question. I told him you need to go back to Texas. Boots yeah, I mean, tight the, jeans, brother. Well, hell, the weather's better. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, who the hell wants to be in Columbus in the middle of December? I don't know. But not only was he in Columbus, he was in my living room. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> yeah. That little so bastard. She brings this guy over, and he's just jawing me the whole time, and I'm going, okay, you know. And it was a tight game. And, you know, I can remember with about two or five left in the game, we were down, and uh, Boom Heron has a 15-yard run and puts us up uh, 21-17. And we try to go for two. We don't get it. Long story short, dude, that brings up in Colt McCoy with under two minutes. And he drives Texas down the field. And you already know what I'm talking about, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cosby, Crosby. Yes. Uh, whatever his freaking name was. So Yeah, he runs, a, he runs a slant route, about a 10-yard slant route. And literally the second. Goes for 30. Colt McCoy, Goes for oh, 30. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Win the game. The second Colt McCoy lets go of that ball. I knew he was between the safeties. And that was a ball game. It, it it wasn't even that as much as that I was really ticked off that that happened and we lost the game and I was shocked. But I look over at this kid and he's looking at me and he just bust out laughing in my face, dude. And all I could get out was F and you. OK, <laughs> but I said the full words um, about as loud as I could. And to be honest, that was the last time we saw him again. I mean, it could be because the relationship didn't work out or because I had like a voodoo doll with a Texas jersey on it for six months after that game. But either way, I never saw him again. But that was a really painful moment for me. I mean, who had to give that kid a ride home after you slashed his tires? I don't care how he gets home, just as long as he leaves the house. That's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, I trust me, what I'm getting ready to talk about later in this thing, too, is something about, you know, as an Ohio State fan, especially a humongous Ohio State fan like we are watching a game with someone else that is actively rooting against your team or has interest in the other team. Right. So we'll get to that later. But yeah, that nothing makes it worse when you're not playing well and you don't win a game as opposed to doing that around people that are legit fans or legitimately rooting against your team. Yeah, exactly. So, right. okay. So you gave, uh, I gave you my five. You gave me your five. Uh, I'm on four, aren't I? Yep. Number four. So again, not a particular specific moment, but my number four is just every Michigan loss. It, it, it's interesting because we've been on such a big tear against Michigan. You're probably thinking, well, how is that the case? Well, I grew up watching Ohio State predominantly in the late 80s, early 90s is when I really first started watching them. I turned 10 in like 1993, and that's probably more specifically around the age when I remember religiously watching these games. 
we struggled quite a bit in the 90s, and especially against Michigan, and there was a lot of losses in there. And I mean, some names that, you know, I should not have to know, like Tim Bianca Batuka and Desmond Howard and some of these other names of the other team that they did things to Ohio State that, frankly, I don't appreciate. And well, another did- name that you don't want to know uh, during that time is John Cooper, because I feel like he might have been working for the other team. We beat Tom Brady, you know, screw Tom Brady. <laughs> Yeah, screw Tom Brady, but I want those Michigan wins, man. That was a Fair terrible, enough. terrible stretch uh, during the 90s. We've won the last eight in a row. Uh, we've won, what, like 14 of the last 16, something like that. Probably even more than that. I Honestly, I can't remember. I'm now, like, like we always watch the Ohio State-Michigan game together every year. Do we not? Yes, we do. You know, in a given year expecting that game to be during Thanksgiving weekend, which this year is going to be different. So we're going to have to move our schedule around so we can find a way to watch that game together. Normally I'm up in Columbus with your family at your house. I bring my family up. We do our Thanksgiving thing with my folks. And then we come over, hang up for a few days and we watch the game and it's a nooner. But every time, like you're normally the one that is like more paranoid, more worried about, you know, is Ohio State going to step up and do this for other games? But I'm the one going into Michigan games worried like, oh, man, is this going to be the year? Because we won so many in a row, you'd have to imagine at some point we're going to lay an egg somehow. Even though we may be the better team, somehow you'd have to figure like calls to go against us, turnovers, stupid penalties. You have to imagine at some point we're going to lay an egg against Michigan. So for me, and it's it's, for me, dude, I'm like a, you know, I'm like an abused animal. I'm skittish around humans. You know what I mean? Like you, I've been beat before and that was like, well, yeah, I'm skittish around Michigan. Like these kids nowadays that grow up, they only know Ohio State wins. They're like, why is this a rivalry? I was like, listen, we got our asses kicked in like the nineties. Now, given I know the overall series, I think Michigan still has this like 58 to 51 with a couple ties in there. But man, you have to understand, like they were like 19 and two after like the first 20 some years, you know, so I really don't take that much into account. I know we have an overall winning record after the first 20 years, but still we're on such a big stretch right now that I just worry that at some point, somehow the tide may change, but I'm just hoping it doesn't end anytime soon. It's going to have to do just the law of averages. You know, it will come back around, you know, now I'm not saying we're going to go into a slump next year and lose the next 10 games to Michigan, but you know, at some point in time, you know, the stars are going to line, right? Or something. You know what I mean? Just well, I hope they when. never get rid of Jim Harbaugh. I hope they oh, yeah, hold, as on, long to as I hope they hold on to him. Because, man, he just does not have the college game to beat big-time programs. He doesn't. Nope, surely he, does he, not. He, he, he does not know how to coach against big-time college opponents. Because it's a different animal. Like, NFL is one thing, man. But, you know, because anyone could beat anyone on a given day. Because those are professional athletes. In college, when there's that big of a discrepancy... Uh, even though I know Michigan's such a highly rated program over the years and they still get good recruits, like Ohio State is out recruiting them by a lot. So they're going to have to get a lot more creative. They can't just match up one-on-one and say, hey, it's our guys against your guys and go. Like They're going to have to be a lot more creative, and that's just not Jim Har- Harbaugh's uh, forte. No. All right, um, so anyways, give me. you know what? I, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Give me your Give me your number four. Okay, my number four is going to piss you off um, because I know Like everything else that be... you say, but go ahead. Yeah, pretty much. And I know this is going to be higher on this than it is on mine. Um, and that's not because it hurt me any more or less. It's just because some other things hurt me even more than this. But I'm going to go with the 2019 Fiesta Bowl versus Clemson. Uh, really? Number four? Number no. four, man. Number I had four? to. I had to because the other things just ruined me for life. This this has only ruined me for about a year. The other things have ruined me for my whole life. <laughs> well, so, you have to anticipate that one's going to haunt you for your whole life, too. 
It could. Uh, 20 years from now, this could be moving up the ladder. You know what I mean? Obviously, without getting into too much detail about the game, because um, I can imagine that you will when we get there. Um, you know, literally, we beat Clemson in every statistical category. Um, except for points on the board. Except for points on the board, which is which unfortunately kind of the most the important, most one. important yeah. one. Right, 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 right. But the thing for me was that it was supposed to be redemption. Redemption for when they just kicked the crap out of us in the Fiesta Bowl in 2016, um, 31-0. And I just really wanted, I wanted a piece of Dabo as much as I do now. I mean, I want a piece of him more than I want a piece of Alabama right now. That's just kind of where my head's at. Um, I think Clemson needs to be kind of brought down to reality, man. And uh, I'd love to be the ones to bring him back down. But no, um, I agree. I Listen, it, it deserves to be on your list. And as a matter of fact, it, that game right there deserves to be on everyone's list because one, it's a fresh wound. Um, another, it is probably one of the few games that Ohio state is favored in where we don't end up pulling through. It's not like we got outplayed. Now, given we had our mistakes, I could go into, into depth on that for like 40 minutes. I was going to say, we could do a whole episode on this game alone. Well, initially we wanted to, but I just said, you know, we need to just let that one go. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. No. To me, like when I think about this game and then I think about you, it's like the one hot girl you dated in high school that was way out of your league, you know? And even hey, though I had I had more than one of those. Listen, there was a lot of girls that were out of my league. Look at me. I'm a I'm a bald fat man now. Yeah, but back then you weren't bald and fat. I mean, you were ugly as sin, but you weren't bald and fat. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I can disagree with anything that you're saying, but, you know, regardless, it still hurts my feelings nonetheless. All right. Well, let's move on the list here. So give me uh, give me your number three. OK, so my number three um, is actually I call it back to back BCS championship blowouts. So uh, 2007, obviously, we're the top dog in college football. We have Troy Smith is our Heisman winning quarterback. Um, Teddy Ginn Jr. I mean, we had an excellent team, great defense. We beat, you know, the game of the century, which I went to, which was, I mean, I actually have a, I have two different plaques on my wall. You've seen them. Two different plaques of the same game. 42-39. 42-39, and I can point myself out in the plaque on both of those. Where is that exactly because, where I was sitting. Is that because of the shine that was on your head? Uh, it's. Okay, I wasn't bald at that point, all right? You know, you keep bringing up bald jokes this whole time. Like, it's going to come back to burn you. You may be Irish, okay? I may be bald, but you know what? You stand out in the sun for 15 minutes, you're going to look like a lobster. So That is true. Who, Probably who's, la ER. who's laughing now? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm jealous because you can grow a mullet. Like, if I actually had the, the hair, I'd grow a mullet right now. <laughs> Why? Because I live in Kentucky. And two, because if I have the hair to do it, I'm going to do it. You need it. But yours would be more like a French onion mullet. You know what I mean? Now like listen, I can I can grow a beard down to my freaking belly button if I wanted to. There was one year I actually had it going pretty good, but you know I married. You did. And, well, I married, and that's you know I, I still have to be presentable to her family and in public. So at some point, you know, I had to cut that off. But you get the idea. So yeah. anyways, my back to back, right? So we obviously go into that season. We beat Michigan. We're the consensus number one. We're expected to beat whoever goes into that game by. 10 plus points. You know, it's almost like here's the trophy. You got the Heisman winner already. Here's the trophy. It's yours. So we go against Florida and we run the opening kickoff back for 100 plus yards. 
and were basically winning this game from the get go. And I, you know, you brought back to when you talked about that kid from, you know, the Texas fan watching that game, a good friend of mine. And I watched this game when I was in college and went to Moorhead state. So I'm at my house at Moorhead and a really good buddy of mine in my fraternity. He's a Florida fan. So he's sitting there watching the game with me along with a handful of other people. And we run it back. So I got super cocky and I said, yeah, yeah, we're going to run you out of the building in the first half. And he's like, yeah, we'll probably blah, blah, blah. Like he was expecting to lose that game by 20 plus. So we kick the ball off and Chris Lee takes the ball and basically rams it down Ohio State's throat and scores immediately. And he starts cheering. I took one look at him. I said, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> I mean, this is one of my really good friends in college. And I, and I, I crap you not like by halftime. I don't even remember what we were trailing by that point, but it was double double digits easy. You know, him and a bunch of people just kind of filed their way out of my house. I don't know where they went and watched the rest of the game, but I sat there sulking by myself for the entire second half watching the rest of that thing ensue. So that one was oh, extremely painful. tough. And then you follow that up with the next year where we did take, I'm pretty sure that's the year that we were undefeated and we took like a silly loss to Illinois. That's typical. Yeah, that's typical. Yeah, but somehow we still kind of backed our way into it because I think a team, I can't remember off the top of my head, a team that was actually going to, you know, had a chance to get in there, lost in their title game, in their conference title game. So we ended up getting in the national title in the second straight year. But, you know, we lost 38-24 to LSU. And to be honest, that score wasn't really that close. Now, we had Todd Beckman, I'm pretty sure, as our quarterback that year, and my expectations were not super high. But anytime you get to the national title game, I mean, obviously you want to win it, but it was a different feel. And I think the result kind of showed more of what I expected to happen than what I did the previous year. But my number three is those back-to-back BCS blowouts. And like I said, it's, it's really funny because everything that you bring up, whether it's on my list or not, I can remember where I was. You know, it, it's weird. It's it's like, you know, remembering some kind of monumental thing that happens, even though, you know, it's it's sports, you know, it's crazy. But let me give you my number three. Uh, my number three is the 90s as a whole. Um, kind of kind of piggybacking off what you did with your uh, Michigan, like all the Michigan losses, you know, as a kid, dude, I mean, this made it made me an Ohio State fan for life, but it also made me skittish like a deer. We had John Cooper in the 90s, and we were 2-7-1 and one versus Michigan. And I think only one time did we even score 20 points in any of those games. Uh, we lost six out of nine bowl games uh, because one year we didn't even make a bowl game. But other than that, man, just John Cooper as a whole. And, uh, you know, for, for the recruiting job he did, man, we had some really memorable players in the 1990s. And for us to be as bad as we were, we were all over the place. That made things difficult. And... Especially the Michigan stuff, man, because I grew up watching my dad, um, who's a huge Ohio State fan as well. Um, you know, every year he'd get excited, pumped up for the Michigan game and he'd put his flag outside and, you know, bring out his Buckeye helmet that holds the chips and dip, you know, all that kind of stuff like that. And he'd be super pumped up for the game. And then we'd get our ass handed to us. And then he would take the football helmet and throw it in the garbage can and go outside and break the flag in half and put it down by the trash can. And he did this every year. And every year, he swore to God he'd never watch another Ohio State game again and all this kind of stuff like that. And then, you know, about 8 o'clock at night, he'd sneak on down to the garbage and pull the flag out and, you know, pull the trash can, pull the helmet out of the trash can, and he'd be back in it. But that's what we grew up doing, man. That's what right. we grew up doing the entire 10-year span. And, you know, that was just, God, man, you know, I, I'm glad I lived through it because it's made me, I think, a better fan today, a stronger person today. Man, it was hard to live through. And you're right, man, because you got to think we we were both born in 1983. So 
realistically, we grew up watching the Buckeyes pretty much in the 90s. You know, once we're kind of old enough to understand the game a little bit, you know, understand the importance of the fandom of being a Buckeye in Columbus, Ohio. Um, So John Cooper was the only quarterback, or I'm sorry, the only uh, head coach that we remember. I mean, Earl Bruce was right before then up until the late 80s. But, you know, John Cooper was predominantly our first head coach. And he was good at winning a lot of games. He was. But he was terrible at beating Michigan and winning bowl games. He was good at beating pretty much the teams he was supposed to beat. And we would constantly have a winning record. I mean, his overall record at Ohio State was pretty good. But, man, winning three out of nine bowl games and winning only two out of nine uh, or two out of ten games against the team up north, like that's that's completely unacceptable. Now, again, growing up, we almost kind of figured that was more the norm. Like we grew up feeling like, okay, Michigan's the better program. We were more the underdog. Kids nowadays that watch this, you know, they they've maybe seen one Michigan win, or maybe they've seen none. They're kind of growing up to a perspective that Ohio State is one of the most dominant teams, if not the most dominant team, especially in the Big Ten. And they're going to have a completely different outlook on the games than we do. So, oh, yeah, that's and kind the of, expectation. Well, that, that's why we're more skittish, like you said, yeah. on the Michigan setup, because we're used to the heartbreak from the 90s. That, and, and now, the, the like, expectation has changed, you mm-hmm. know, around here where it used to be. You know, the number one goal was to beat Michigan every year. That was the goal. There was no other goal. And then well, after you, that, if you, you got wanna, to the Rose Bowl, fine. Would you want to know what my honest opinion of that is? Why I think that it's different is because ever since John Cooper, when Jim Trestle came in, he understood the importance of that rivalry. And Jim Trestle, what, did he lose only one game against Michigan, I think? I think he only lost one game against Michigan, right? Because the one year that we did actually lose was when uh, Luke Fickle was the interim uh, coach. Yeah. But anyways, so Jim Trestle was like, I don't know, we'll say like 9-1, and one, I think. You know, I think he's one of the first coaches to come in to understand, hey, that rivalry needed to change in favor of Ohio State. Then that passed on to Urban Meyer, who didn't lose, and Ryan Day now, who hasn't lost. And since then... You know, they had Lloyd Carr, right? Lloyd Carr was their 90s coach into the early 2000s to where he was, you know, viewed as the better coach. And since then, they've bounced around between different, I mean, Brady Hoke, I mean, Rich Rod. uh, Now they have uh, Jim Harbaugh. But, I mean, they're all over, you know, and that is, you know, what kids nowadays are used to. And it's just me. I'm I'm the one sitting there waiting. Hey, when is it finally going to be Michigan's time? You know, a call that goes their way. Like, I mean, we had a couple, we dodged a couple bolts with Urban. You know, we, we dodged one in overtime with JT, the JT Barrett spot on fourth and one. We dodged one when Brady Hope went for two on that touchdown. Uh, you know, they kick one to tie it to go to overtime. They decided to go for two. They didn't get it. You know, overall in that, in the Mitch, in the, in the Michigan matchup in that in that 90s that you're talking about that one was tough because now we see where we're at now and that 90s looking back man that was brutal okay well let's move on here give me your number oh, two. oh man number two all right so my number two is kind of interesting because at the end of the day it ended up being one of the best days of my life but in the current moment, it was one of the worst. So the I'm going to hit puberty. Uh, <laughs> we're talking 90s, man. That, that, yeah, we're talking 90s there. So no. So my number two is the Michigan State Ohio State game in 2015. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to premise this with this. We won the national title the year before, and we literally brought 
everybody back. Like we didn't lose hardly anybody, right? So Cardell Jones literally pulls a LeBron James and has a freaking, you know, teleconference, uh, video conference at his high school where we assume he's going to move on and he decides to stay. So then Urban Meyer has the decision. Am I going with JT Barrett, who kind of led the way, got hurt? Or am I going with uh, Cardell Jones, who pretty much, you know, had an amazing three-game run between Wisconsin, Alabama, and Oregon? So, regardless, we had super high expectations. So, we even brought Braxton Miller back as one of our wide receivers, kind of our slot receiver. Mm-hmm. And he showed early on that he was a big playmaker. I mean, that spin move at Virginia Tech, like, gets played still to this day. Like, it was a video game move. Like, it was one of the most impressive football moves I've ever seen any human being do. I mean, they even did, they even did that on ESPN Sports Science about how near impossible it was at the speed he was running to make that kind of a cut and spin move and whatever. So, premise all that with that year, at least the beginning of the year— was relatively disappointing. We're winning all these games, but we, with the team we had in the number one ranking, should have been blowing all these teams out, like crazy blowing them out. And we didn't. Like, we'd still win by a handful, but not to the extent of what we reviewed we should have been doing. So, lo and behold, we get to this Michigan State game, which none of that would have ever happened had a week or two prior to that Michigan-Michigan State game, Michigan botched that punt where Michigan State picked it up and ran it into the end zone with time expired to actually beat Michigan, which at the time I was extremely happy for. And I remember I called you up and I said, holy crap, did you see that play? So we play Michigan State. It's at home. It's raining. And Michigan State didn't even have their starting quarterback, Connor Cook, or I think that's his name, Cook. Uh, didn't even have him for that game due to injury. We completely went away from our running game with Ezekiel Elliott in the rain. And continue right. to try to pass this ball and do this, that, and the other. I mean, we score 14 points against Michigan State. And Michigan State gets the ball with two minutes to go, drives it down the field, gets within field goal range, and as time expires, boom. Kicks field goal, we lose. Should have never lost that game to a team that we were better than. Two, because they pulled out that crazy win against Michigan a week or two prior, they got to go to the Big Ten Championship game and we didn't, which ultimately kept us out of the playoff that year because Michigan State ended up going, and guess what? They got shut out by Alabama. Complete embarrassment that year. The high side was that same evening that Michigan State beat Ohio State, my son was born. So I have mixed feelings about that day because I had, you know, guys, you know, girls will have their bachelor or I'm sorry, their whatever it is, their their baby shower and all that, right? So a guy has their diaper party. You bring the guys over, they bring a pack of diapers, a case of beer. We'll sit down. We'll have a good time. Unfortunately, especially, you know, when Ohio State's in a close game or they're struggling, the drinks flow a little bit more. And next thing I know, we lose that game. I'm kind of in bad shape a little bit. And then the wife calls me and says, hey, we got to go to the hospital. Pretty sure we're having a baby. I mean, this is like three weeks before he was even due to come out. So so, so let me get this straight. So you, so you go after this Michigan State game about half crock to the hospital. Is that am I am I correct in assuming that? <laughs> uh, we'll call it full crack. <laughs> so we go in there expecting them to just say, "Ah, oh, well, these are the Braxton Hicks, you know, like not real contractions, just the the pretend ones, whatever." Blah blah blah. No, we step foot in there. We go up to the room. The nurse looks at me. She says, uh, "You're having a baby tonight." And I said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> said, "No, it's happening." So sure enough, by the time we get in there, in less than two hours, he was out. And it's it's just an interesting day because, man, it's the 
a bad Ohio State experience, a really bad one. My number two for an Ohio State experience, but man, probably one of the best experiences I've ever had as a human being, you know, getting to actually see my son for the first time. So it's kind of mixed, but man, the game still focusing on the game that that game was just unforgivable. And you remember Zeke Elliott actually, you know, spoke out and basically said, hey, you guys didn't run the ball enough. You didn't give me the ball enough. Like this was kind of on the play calling fault. Uh, and I'll never to this day understand that game plan or what made us go away from it. I don't know what advantage we thought we could have in the rain. I really don't know to this day. I would love to be a fly on the wall to hear that conversation. But I will tell you this. I was pissed the entire game. We have one of the best running backs in Ohio State history. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and I don't think At he got point, the, I mean, I don't think I don't think he ran for more than 15 times in that game. Yeah. You know, dude, you got to run him. I mean, you got to run him. Well, you're in the rain too, man. And yeah. the other team didn't even have the starting quarterback. They had a backup in. Like yeah. giving up 17 points is not that big of a travesty, but scoring 14 points, that's where we failed. We failed on the offensive side. Defense did about as good as they probably could have done. Offense failed that game. And offense, for the most part, that whole year failed. Uh, we, we dropped the ball big time on offense that year. And I just think it's because we never knew exactly who our quarterback was going to be. You, like, it's one thing to switch between two different running backs. It's another thing to switch between two different quarterbacks. And I think that just screwed up the offensive uh, mojo of the whole team that year. And in my opinion, I think it's one of Urban Meyer's worst coaching uh, things that he's ever done. I think he's. I think he screwed that season up. In my opinion, I mean, uh, I think I, su- I, I, I think super highly of Urban Meyer, but man, he screwed that season up. As much as I dislike J.T. Barrett, he was still in my top five, way over Cardell Jones, and I think J.T. Barrett should have been the starter that whole year. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, Anyways, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but that that that's my number two. I want to hear yeah. your number two. My number two, uh, luckily this would be a quick one because we already touched on it some, but my number two would definitely be the Florida national title game. 41-14, man. Um, and for all the reasons that we've already discussed, and also that was the first time that we really experienced Jesus, and by Jesus I mean Tim Tebow, um, <laughs> who just ran all over us. Did you say Jesus? That's right, Jesus. He has to be a disciple, a direct descendant. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, I, guy, I, I, I'll give you, dude, have I'll you, give seen you credit. He might, he, might like, be, he might be part of the priory or something like that, of like the Holy Grail, but I mean, he's not a true blood. Come on now. Dude, I kept... We- Dude, I I waited. I've waited for years. I've waited for them to say Tim Tebow like watches kitty porn. Tim Tebow got caught doing this. Dude, he doesn't do it. He's like a genuinely 100% wholesome guy and I want to hate him. I I really do want to hate him, but every time I turn on a home makeover show, there he is giving another kid in a wheelchair a house. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Listen, man, he, he he is a good kid, and I'll tell you what, he's the ultimate competitor. I will give that guy credit. Uh, his speech, even though I have nothing but disdain for the Florida Gators, um, that speech that he gave after he lost that game in the regular season and turned it around and it won a national title, like, dude, that's something of legend. It really is. Like that. Those are the like. Remember those legendary speeches Notre Dame used to have. Um, it, that like that's I mean it was so yeah. legendary they made a plaque out of it and put it I think in the locker room like it's if if we're gonna lose to someone and be known for something losing to something that he's involved in you know yeah, I guess there could be worse ways to live uh, to lose but yeah and you know it's not only I got that, I got nothing bad to say about the guy and it's not only that it's and I think maybe you touched on it maybe you didn't before I'm not sure but you know we lost in the in the basketball national championship that year as well to Florida. Right. Which is the first time that's ever happened in history. So it was like, you know, just when you think maybe you might be able to get over it a little bit, it just throws you right back down. 
that was an extra I mean? smack in the face to turn around losing football and then turn around losing basketball at the same time. Like that, that, that was pretty painful. I remember. And having if a good- you remember that year in football started about a seven year streak of the sec winning national titles one yeah. after the other. Yeah. So yeah. dude, just, just that, that set off even more than that. And you know, we've already touched on it, but I'm just telling you, dude, that it, it really chapped my it no, just, I agree. I agree. And, uh, man, it's painful. It's painful yeah. to just remember some of these things. But again, we did, we did say that this is meant to be therapeutic. So hopefully I'm not going to need, uh, too many extra beverages this evening talking about all this stuff, but we'll just anywho, think, what would Tim Tebow do? Probably not have an extra beverage. Line. Like, I plan on <laughs> exactly. having it. I guarantee you that. <laughs> all right, man. Now it's time for the, uh, numero uno. Number one, I combined a lot, but it's all the same thing. You can't thing. just say Ohio State football in general. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course not Ohio State football in general, because, man, listen, at the end of the day, we have a lot more beneficial things, I think, that we do have negative. Okay. That's why we're one of the top programs in the country. But this is, again, relatively speaking, based upon my own personal experience and how I feel. But my number one is screw Clemson in general, because <laughs> Clemson, this whole thing started with Woody Hayes, if you recall. Back in the 1978 season, Gator Bowl. It started with an uppercut. Throat it did. It did. <laughs> and you know what? All Woody Hayes did was what everyone else behind the TV wanted to do. Okay? <laughs> you know, it's just uppercut that Clemson player right in, right in the face mask. But you have to understand, you hit someone in the face and the helmet, you're not going to do any damage there, man. He should have went below the belt, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, it started there. We lose that game by two points. It's like 17 to 15. And it ends up being, you know, the demise of Woody Hayes. Okay. One of the arguably one of the greatest head coaches Ohio State's ever had. So then you fast forward a handful of years and we finally kind of get another crack at Clemson. And this is in 2013. This is uh, Urban Meyer's second year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, up to that point, he had not lost a game until he lost the game to Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship game, which took them out of the national title. So it's a little bit deflating, right? But we still get to go to, oh gosh, what was the bowl called? Um, I want to say the bowl was, what did I say, 2013, right? I want to say the bowl was, I think the Orange Bowl. Yeah, it was the Orange Bowl, right? So we get Clemson in the Orange Bowl, okay? And this is when they have Taj Boyd, and this is um, Braxton Miller's second year underneath Urban Meyer. And we go out there, and if you've watched the game, or if you remember anything, we we were neck and neck right with them, and we even were pretty much in the lead a good portion of the way. But something happens, Todd Boyd ended up kind of scoring something late, we end up losing 40 to 35. So, boom, there's two different times to Clemson that we've lost, okay? And these are obviously in the postseason. So that one's difficult to deal with, but it wasn't like it was a national title or implication type of game. But still, it was a tough loss because, you know, we knew what kind of team we had. We had a crack in the national title. And that kind of leads into, um, whether you remember or not, Braxton Miller got hurt in that game. Leading to the next year, Braxton Miller was recouping and everything. And that's when, you know, he gets back to practice in the fall and he ends up getting really hurt, you know, with his throwing arm, and which led to JT Barrett ended up starting and us winning the national title the following year. So kind of a weird set of circumstances circumstances but in that game i do remember braxton miller getting hurt which kind of started i think that was his last game he actually played quarterback so of course then we fast forward to 2016 we get back to the college football playoff after that disappointing 
2015 year with JT Barrett and winning that Michigan game in overtime on the spot call on fourth and one and OT. We go up to them and we're favored. We're the number two seed. Clemson's number three. And early in the game, if you remember, I mean, we're moving the ball pretty much at will. We just missed a couple field goals early, we, you know, to put up some points. And then uh, they have, um, remind me his name, um, gosh, plays. he's quarterback for Texans now. Uh, oh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, thank you, Deshaun Watson. So he ends up, you know, playing pretty well, and they score some more points. And next thing you know, we're in a hole like 14 nothing, 17 nothing, 21 nothing, something like that. And we start taking more chances, right? We start, instead of on fourth down, like punting it or kicking a field goal, we try to keep going for it. And we're not getting him. So the 31 nothing. don't get me wrong, was an ass-whipping. We, we definitely got shut out. We got lost. First time Urban Meyer's ever been shut out. Mm-hmm. But, but still, that's the third consecutive loss to Clemson now, right? Yeah. So full circle to last year, 2019, we are, in my opinion, the best team in the country. LSU got it because they viewed that they had a tougher schedule and they played a lot better in their championship game. We struggled against Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Still pulled it out by over 10 points or 10 points or whatever the the, the total ended up being. But we got bumped to number two, so we played them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, going into this game, I honestly couldn't tell you. I can't remember who was favored, but it was pretty much almost a pick em game. But... It was very apparent, especially in the first half, that we were the better team. and We dominated them on the field other than we screwed up in the red zone multiple times. Uh, Obviously, a horrible targeting penalty. Uh, we had a couple bad holding or pass interference calls against us that were questionable. And then and we're notorious uh, for getting a targeting penalty in big games. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. And, of course, that um, turnover, the uh, fumble six that was called on the field fumble six and still to this day you show anyone that video that film and there's no way you overturn a fumble call no way like anyone like you would literally show that when you're teaching someone what a catch is catch one two three four steps drop ball fumble they overturn it so regardless we end up losing last year to one of the most heartbreaking losses I've ever had to experience, 29-23, when I felt like we were the better team and we should have been in the title game. Because all last year, you remember me telling you, I thought last year was just a different team. You know, it just felt different. Everything about it felt different. It was just a different team. And that one's the most heartbreaking loss. So I, I, my number one is Clemson everything, especially log, uh, you know, bringing in what happened last year. So I agree, dude. And And I've said on this show before, I've said on another podcast. I mean, it's time, dude. It is time for Clemson to get theirs, man. It's time for Dabo. I, you know, it, and it's funny because until the last two years, I never really had anything against Dabo Sweeney. But, dude, it's his smug remarks and his and his cockiness. It's almost. It's not even a cockiness. It's an arrogance. That's what I'm looking for. It's right. an arrogance, and he does it on purpose. And you know what? You know, maybe if I was a Clemson fan, I'd like it. But I hate it as an Ohio State fan. Like, oh, it's yeah. time for him to get humbled. Like, Ryan Day is a humble... He would never talk like Dabo talks. Nick Saban don't talk like Dabo talks. Dabo is like the... Uh, he kind of reminds me of... Uh, oh, what's it? Uh, he's like Lane Kiffin of big-time college football. That's what he reminds yeah. me of. Okay, so, so anyway, hey, so listen. All right, I've told you my number one. Obviously, I've done a lot of venting, but I want to hear your number one. Well, dude, it's it's... It's weird because when you and I discuss things, we both have the same experience because, you know, we, we were born in the same year. We grew up together. We've watched a lot of games together. So, you know, we have, you know, although we're different people, we have the same experiences when it comes to Ohio State football. Right. So this is going to be one, um, like I said, that we've kind of already touched on. But that's to me, you had the 2012 season 
where we played an undefeated, an undefeated season like on sanctions and couldn't go to a bowl game, my number one is the 2011 fickle season. The reason that it's that instead of 2012 is because going into that season, man, we were in limbo. In limbo on everything. Trestle gets suspended for five games, but then he ends up resigning. You know, Luke Fickle gets to be the interim head coach. Um, we went six and six. We lost to Michigan, lost to Florida in the Gator Bowl. And just the uncertainty of the program, man. I was worried about how it would hurt recruiting. You know, we heard rumors about coaches, but didn't know anything for sure. Are we getting Urban Meyer? Are we getting somebody else? You know, will they be successful here in Columbus? I'm not a person that particularly likes change when things are work. Right. While Jim Trestle is not my favorite coach um, ever, you know, in Columbus, Ohio, it was working. We were winning games. You know, we had some of the best defenses that I can remember ever. Yeah. You know. No, and, that's uh, that 2002 year against Miami, man, in the national title. One of the best defenses we've ever had. Absolutely. Sick, sick defense. God, I cannot get over how good that defense was. And, dude, I am a, like, I'm a person that has to have a plan. I got to have a, you know, I got to know what's happening. Like you've said before about me on here, I have to know what's coming ahead. You have to show me. Like, I don't like to just think about it. I, I need to know. Like, show me, show me what's going to happen. And, dude, so for that, for me, all the uncertainties, that was it for me. Like, that was my number one worst time you know we're under sanctions remember reporters coming to columbus on everything and they started reporting on every little thing after that and you're seeing ohio state uh remember we were seeing ohio state uh michigan or national championship rings and bowl game rings in pawn shops i saw one on pawn stars yeah i'd have bought it i would have bought it it too i know but i'm going you know like just everything up in the air that year man just it hurt me man that that was probably my number one worst ohio state moment like we talked about before, man, the dynamic has changed. It used to be beat Michigan and win your bowl game, and now it's national title or nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Big Ten championship used to mean a lot, and I'm not saying it doesn't mean a lot anymore because it still means a lot to the players, and it still means a lot to me too. But, you know, I, I think this whole thing started when you had mentioned that SEC run, and now it's like it doesn't matter if we're the Big Ten because we're still not going to be viewed as any better than anyone else because the SEC – is viewed as the dominant uh, conference in college football. So we could win the, win the Big Ten, but then they feel like, oh, well, you're just going to get blown out by, you get blown out by the third best team in the SEC, which, of course, is crap. But, you know, it's just perception has definitely changed over the last 10, 15, 20 plus years. And now I think we know where we're at, and it is nat- is, it's a nattier bust. That's where we're at. I think that's where we're headed, man. As long as everything stays stays calm. Um, you know, everybody's smart, stay safe. I think we're headed that path this year. I agree, man. Well, Hey, wrap us up, Chad. All right, everybody. Well, Hey, thanks for stopping by and listening. Like I said, we really do appreciate your support and, um, you know, just taking a listen. If you have any ideas or anything, episodes you want to see topics you want to talk about, or if you want to send us a message and want us to respond on it, you know, on the next podcast, we can, we can do that as well. Um, just let us know, you know, as usual, uh, catch us on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on pretty much every major uh, streaming service. So iHeartRadio, um, we're on Google Play Music, we're on Amazon Music, we're on iTunes Music, we are on Spotify, and uh, as usual, uh, we'll always be on YouTube as well. So stop by, like I said, give us a like, uh, give us a subscription, a suggestion, uh, anything. Either way, we'd just love to hear from you, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Go Bucks. OH.